0: Expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT.
1: Hello, Taiwan Talk podcast listeners. This is Keith Manconi here. What you're about to hear today is, uh, in fact, not Taiwan Talk. Uh, We have posted one of our most recent episodes of Taiwan This Week to the Taiwan Talk podcast stream. Uh, Now, Taiwan This Week is our weekly news roundup. Uh, So we invite uh, stringers and guests and commentators from around Taiwan to come onto the show and uh, provide their insights on the latest news stories that have happened in Taiwan. Uh, So it's a totally different show that we work on, but uh, we figured that folks that are interested in Taiwan Talk might also get something out of Taiwan this week. So thought I would run it on the Taiwan Talk stream just to introduce this audience uh, to this other show. So the show this week is actually a bit unusual because we are just focusing on one story. We're focusing on the Ma Shi meeting set to take place tomorrow. Usually we take on four or five different news stories, but this week, uh, you know, big news, so we want to give it the time that it's due. But it should still give you a rough sense of what the show is about and what we're trying to do over here. So if it is something that you enjoy listening to, uh, do search for that, Taiwan, this week. It's on iTunes and also on the ICRT website, so uh, hopefully it's another show that you can add to your podcast rotation. Without further ado, here's the show, Taiwan This Week.
2: We interrupt this broadcast with some important news. Let's rewind and check out the biggest news stories from this week. It's time, it's, time it's time for Taiwan This Week.
1: Good evening and welcome to Taiwan This Week. A roundup of the top news stories from around the island over the past seven days. I'm Keith Manconi of ICRT News. Joining me in studio is Gavin Phipps, also of ICRT News. Gavin. Good evening. And also with us today, well, it's a bit of a full house, actually. We've got three guests on the show. In studio, we've got Ross Feingold of D.C. International Advisory. Ross? Good evening. Skyping it in from San Francisco, we've got Chey Ting Ye of the U.S.-based media group Katagalan Media. Ting, uh, thanks for joining us as well.
3: Thanks, so much a pleasure.
1: And uh, rounding things out by phone, we've got ICRT Central Taiwan correspondent Donovan Smith. Donovan, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Now, the reason that we've got just uh, such a full roster for the show today uh, should be pretty obvious to anyone who's uh, even been paying kind of halfway attention to Taiwan news this week. Taiwan's president, Maing Zhou is, of course, set to meet with Chinese president Xi Jinping tomorrow in Singapore. This is a summit that will be very big on historical significance at least symbolically, as it will be the first meeting between top leaders of the Republic of China and the Chinese Communist Party since the end of the Chinese Civil War in 1949. Uh, Of course, the announcement of the summit came a bit suddenly. Uh, We didn't know anything about it until an online exclusive report was published late Tuesday by the Liberty Times. Since that report and the following official announcement, uh, this meeting has been the only news anybody has been paying even a little tiny bit of attention to in Taiwan so uh, we're gonna break our usual format today uh, where we you know we usually bring you a broad range of stories uh, and instead focus exclusively just on this summit so you know we're sacrificing breadth for depth here but hopefully uh, we can put some of these big events sweeping our shores into the proper context. So uh, a huge amount to get to today, but let's just start with the basic basics. Uh, Gavin, uh, set the table for our commentators here. What do we know at this point about what's going to take place at the summit?
4: Well, what's going to take place, we don't really know. It is going to take place in the Shangri-La Hotel in Singapore, in the ballroom there, apparently. We don't know what's on the menu.
1: (laughs) And this is part of a a bigger Singapore event that these two leaders are attending. No,
4: no, it's part of a... Well, Xi Jinping is attending the 25th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic ties between the city-state and China. Mm-hmm. Ma ying is just sort of being invited to meet Xi Jinping on the sidelines of this 25th anniversary event. Not Ma's not invited to the China-Singapore diplomatic mm-hmm. event. He's just meeting Xi... ...on the sidelines of it.
1: All right. And they're going to have uh, some closed-door talks?
4: There's going to be a couple of closed-door talks. There's going to be, they're going to apparently meet for a couple of hours in the afternoon of tomorrow, being Saturday. And then they're going to have dinner, a little snack, together.
1: All right. We're going to save a uh, discussion of that snack towards the end of the show. I'm sure that there's uh, plenty of questions that uh, folks at home have about that, but I uh, will shelve that for now. Uh, but let's get into the meat of this thing. Uh, criticism of the summit was uh, quick and strident following Tuesday's announcement... Uh, and there's been pretty steady back and forth uh, going on over some of the more controversial aspects of this meeting. So uh, very quickly, Gavin, uh, give us some of those major lines of debate.
4: Well, there's been criticism over the sudden announcement of it, because mm-hmm. obviously certain people have been going, well, you obviously you've been planning this for some time. Why couldn't you make
1: the process transparent? And that kind of gets back to a lot of uh, criticism of transparency in cross rate dealings.
4: Well, and the Mara administration per se. I think mm-hmm. transparency in the Mara administration per se seem to go hand-in-hand hand here or calls for transparency within the administration. There's also been some questions over what's, what's going to be achieved and what's the point of it now. Because obviously Ma has faced questions over the timing is obviously the big one. What can be achieved in his last six months of office when technically come January of next year in the election here, when the new government gets voted in, technically he's not in office anymore. He's right. still the president, but he really can't do very much. And there's been some other questions, of course, about what's on the agenda. Well, no one's really said what's going to be on the agenda fully. Ma hinted on Thursday of this week about what was... What was, was was not going to be on the agenda, that being the South China Sea and military issues, don't seem to be on the agenda at all. But he did say that Taiwan's international space will be on the agenda, mm. as we'll talk of some previous agreements that China and Taiwan have signed. So basically they're going to review all the agreements and previous meetings between officials from Taiwan and China over
1: the past few years. Right. Uh, and, and, and so when, when you say, you know, Taiwan's international space, kind of what they're talking about there is international groups, Taiwan's ability to join international groups. Yeah, but, Chi- they say, but they say that they're not going to sign any agreements. No,
4: there's not going to be any agreements signed. They're going to review trade agreements and what have you and what have you. And they're going to talk about Taiwan's, as in China, allowing Taiwan entry into international organizations. But, of course, the big issue, Keith, is the timing, of course. Right. That this is... is the big issue.
1: That is uh, the question that people have been asking a lot is, why now? You know, as you pointed out, uh, President Ma's term is almost up. We're going into uh, a new uh, presidency soon. So uh, why now?
4: Well, that's the question. I mean, I think he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. No pun intended there, because if he went, he he obviously couldn't go after the January election because he'd face allegations that he was tampering with the next government. And of course, he goes now, he's facing allegations that he's tampering with the election. So basically, whenever he goes, he was going to face these questions anyway.
1: And yeah, and so this kind of opens the doors to uh, accusations that perhaps he's just doing this to puff up his legacy and not uh, for really any substantive gains in uh, cross-strait relations. Uh, Let's open up uh, the discussion a little bit more broadly. Uh, Ross, what what do you see here in terms of timing?
0: Uh, uh, That's one of the key things of this debate, and uh, President Ma's views on Taiwan status in many ways are broadly aligned with PRC's views, as we know. And uh, given that we're at the end of his term, we're getting close to it. I think he wanted to take the opportunity to have this meeting and, and make it a precedent under a particular structure. And I think we, we generally know what the structure is, right? It's, it's, uh, uh, all the three these and don'ts and things like that, that they've enunciated or uh, as the basis for the meeting. And, and ultimately, it comes down to a 1992 consensus. Mm. A- and that's something that President Ma and President Xi broad- broadly agree is sort of the basis to maintain the relationship that they've had over the last couple of years. So he's kind of tying the next government or hoping to tie the next government into this structure, regardless of who won, whether it would be a KMT or a DPP. And I think that's important to President Ma, to create this structure. And next year, let's say Tsai wins the election, and people begin to talk about whether or not she's going to meet President Xi, Uh, then uh, she'll say, yeah, well, I support the status quo. And the Chinese side will say, well, the status quo includes the 92 consensus, and that was the basis for the previous meeting. And if she's not going to agree to all of that, then she... Arguably, some people or critics arguably would would say that she's not following the status quo. Uh, so uh, I think that's the time. He had the chance before the end of his, his term and he wants to create the structure for this meeting and leave it as a precedent for the next government of Taiwan.
1: So, I mean, quite clearly, uh, we we have known that the Ma administration has wanted to pursue some sort of high-level talks for some time now. uh, But it seems uh, that China has largely been the one that has been more reluctant to uh, pursue this kind of thing. Uh, Of course, uh, stuff like this was uh, folks in the uh, Mainland Affairs Council tried to set up stuff like this at at previous APEC meetings. Uh, China apparently has uh, scuttled some of those attempts. Uh, but so so the I think the question, the more interesting question for me is why did China see this as the opportune time to make this meeting happen? Uh, Donovan, what what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I mean, obviously, with the APEC meetings, the the big concern was that that Taiwan would be seen because the international setting that it would be seen as a fellow a fellow country, and they really didn't want that perception. So that was that that was pretty clearly their objection to meeting on the sidelines of the of uh, the APEC meetings, but. No, I, I, I honestly, I think that's a very good question, and I don't have a good answer for it. Um, why, you know, why did all of a sudden China go? Okay, let's meet now. Uh, a lot of people are speculating that it's that, that with all of the tensions rising in the South China Seas, uh, the elections coming up, and that's. Going to be a disaster for the KMT. So I think what Ross was saying is absolutely correct. That really there, there's a certain amount of consolidating gains and setting a precedent for the next president. The next president. That's certainly a big issue. Uh, the the U.S. pivot to the um, to Asia. I think that's certainly an issue as well because uh, of the South China, uh, you know, in the South China Sea. Really, the the only real island. Is occupied by Taiwan, and Taiwan is, you know, the a big part of the island chain that the the U.S. U, has to contain China. So there's there there's a lot going on here, but I it's really hard to say for sure exactly what China's intentions are. I mean, you know, so why did they they suddenly jump up uh, the the times the timescale and decide to meet with them now? It could be any of these things or all of these things.
1: Uh, Ting, what are you seeing here?
2: So um,
3: I recently wrote an uh, article basically talking about why this is the worst timing for Taiwan to meet with China. (laughs) Um, So if you put that and you basically can sort of start to understand uh, why it might be a good time for China to meet with Taiwan now. Uh, We have known that President Mao had wanted this meeting as his legacy for a very long time. Um, but we also know that President Ma is uh, basically in the dumbest right now. He does not have any sort of public mandate. He's very unpopular. His party is set to lose the election. So uh, he is in a very weak negotiating position right now. So at this time, sort of taking advantage of this weak negotiating position, I think it's actually a um, sort of opportune time for Xi to meet with Ma for um, those reasons.
1: But you're actually saying that this is uh, perhaps misguided, since he doesn't quite have uh, the support uh, from the uh,
3: you know from the public to make this work. Um, I don't think he needs. Um, I mean, the this meeting with Xi, um, you know, whatever consensus or whatever agreement, um, or you know, sort of whatever uh, result that comes of it, um, we don't know if the the Taiwanese public will be behind it. But then we know that she would be able to extract more concessions from Ma, at least at the meeting, because of uh, Ma's weak negotiating position.
1: I've heard a a little bit of speculation. You guys have touched on this a bit, but I just want to hit on it more. Uh, A little bit of speculation that this could in some ways be related to what's going on in the South China Sea. Uh, And uh, perhaps China is trying to uh, ensure that Taiwan will be supportive of uh, the claims uh, that are being made uh, on on the South China Sea, uh, Ross. Do you think that that's any kind of a possibility here? I, I think it's
0: uh, very much a possibility, especially given the recent news about the arbitration panel and the favorable decision for the Philippines. Uh, which uh, China, of course, uh, is, is very angry about. And then interestingly, Taiwan uh, issued a first statement, which was followed by a second statement, which is even stronger than the first statement. And uh, obviously Taiwan's position on this, again, is aligned with China's. So uh, even though they might deny so publicly, uh, the, the two sides are definitely talking about this issue. And again, I think it also goes back to ensuring that there's a structure messaging, et cetera, in place for the next government, regardless if it's KMT or DPP, on this issue as well. Uh, So I think it's a very interesting factor in in both the timing and the content of what might be discussed. All right. We're going to have to uh, wrap up the first half uh, in just a second. Uh, But
1: Gavin, uh, just let's get one of the last little bit of newsy pieces into this, into the mix. Uh, so there is uh, some calls to perhaps have uh, the Ma administration answer to uh, the legislative Yuan and, and and make some kind of a report to them.
4: Yeah, that's going on today. The KMT have passed a proposal which will, could allow Ma ying to address the legislature and explain to the legislature what went on at the meeting. Now, apparently they put a date on this. Ma said he can do it November the 9th through the 13th. Mm-hmm. Quite why he's doing it he's even thinking about the 13th is beyond me. Mm-hmm. Surely when he goes over there and this is such a great historic meeting, he should be biting the bit to come back and tell everyone what went on at the meeting, rather than sort of coming back and several days later going, okay, we talked about this. Well, you've had time to cook the books then and change everything and write your own history. Mm. If you see what I mean. So that's, that's the point about that. Anyway, but the legislature are meeting, to, or meeting today and who knows whether this meeting will continue about... to allow Ma to talk to lawmakers about this, like I said. Unfortunately, the meeting could be rather disrupted by opposition lawmakers who are simply up in arms over the ma meeting anyway.
1: Right, they would be fairly dissatisfied with this level of consultation, especially uh, given the fact that it's coming after the conference uh, is even happening. After the
4: conference has happened. Of course, he never said anything to them before the conference had happened, and now he's sort of put a November the 13th latest date on when he can talk to them. I mean, it seems ridiculous to me why they even need to have a meeting to do this. If this meeting is so historic, like I said, he should be biting at the bit to tell people what happened during the meeting.
1: All right. Well, uh, just for the sake of time, I think we're going to have to leave it on that point. I I think that uh, we have a pretty clear sense of uh, what groups of people are going to be upset by this. Of course, there's the Taiwan Solidarity Union. They've probably been the most uh, strident critics. Uh, DPP, they've been a little bit more muted, but have also uh, had their share of uh, criticism of this meeting. And, uh, well, we're just going to have to see where that criticism goes after the actual event. And uh, it probably will give us something to talk about next week. But, uh, but we're going to have to wrap up this first half. Uh, when we come back, we'll be taking a closer look at the uh, more long-term impact of tomorrow's meeting, what it's going to mean for cross-straight ties, and, oh, yeah, what about that election? How's it going to affect that as well? That's all coming up when we return to Taiwan this week after this. Welcome back to Taiwan This Week, ICRT's weekly roundup of news from around the island. I'm Keith Menconi, joined by Deep Breath In, Gavin Phipps, Ross Feindel, Donovan Smith, and Chating Ye. Today we're taking a nice, good, long old look at the only piece of news anyone's really discussing this week in Taiwan. Tomorrow's Ma Xi meeting in Singapore. And uh, diving right back on into it, uh, another big... Aspect of the timing question here. We've kind of been talking about the timing of this uh, mostly so far. But another aspect of that question is how close it is to the presidential uh, and legislative elections, uh, with a lot of folks saying perhaps this is uh, just an attempt to uh, influence those elections, perhaps. The Ma administration, the speculation may go, is uh, the Ma administration is trying to show that he can move cross-strait ties in a stronger direction, more stability, and uh, maybe this would up the KMT's uh, election chances. Of course, they're struggling now, so this might be an attempt to uh, help that. Donovan, I'm going to throw this to you. Uh, Do you see that as a possible strategy from the KMT, and uh, is there any chance that it would work?
2: No. (laughs) <laughs> pretty bluntly uh, it, it basically I I don't think that it's going to help the KMT at all uh, it, it's it basically it's a foregone conclusion they're going to lose the next the next election um, now the big question mark in my mind is not so much whether or not the KMT I mean the, you know, Ma and the KMT may think it's going to help them but it's not going to the big question mark is why did China why did Xi Jinping want to go ahead with the meeting now and was the election one of the factors and and that 's the part that I think that n- nobody really knows did did because there's so many different possible reasons why why China and the KMT would want to go ahead with this now, is the election a major factor or a minor factor is a big question, but i don 't think we have any, any way of knowing.
1: Uh, Ting, uh, do you think that, uh, I mean, putting aside uh, that strategy perhaps for a second, is there, is there any other possible uh, residual impact that this meeting might have on the election?
3: Uh, I would agree with Donovan that basically, I would say if there's any impact with this election, it's actually going to be even more detrimental to the KMT. So we know, um, we've all seen the images of KMT chairman and presidential candidate, uh, Eric Chu shaking hands with Xi Jinping, We've seeing pictures of um, KMT mayoral candidate Sean Lian, chicken cancer, Xi Jinping, and all of those images turn out to be very big negatives for um, their popularity and for their chances of getting elected. So I actually think that, if anything, this meeting will actually hurt the KMT's chances in the upcoming election. Although um, with the timing issue, with, with it being so close to election, I actually think it's um, that President Ma kind of says, well, we're all going to lose anyway. So I really want this meeting no matter what. If I leave office, it's never going to happen. It's going to be a regret for the rest of my life. So why don't I just go ahead with it now and, you know, basically to heck with everybody else? Uh,
1: Right. That kind of gets back to uh, perhaps this is just uh, legacy stuffing rather than uh, something more, uh, you know, focused on substantively uh, improving cross-strait ties. Uh, now, one bit of speculation that's been uh, going around, or uh, at least one argument that's been made, is that by having this meeting, uh, this actually forces the two candidates, uh, Tying wen of the DPP and Eric Jew of the KMT, to clarify their cross-strait policies. You know, there's an actual substantive thing going on that they need to have a substantive opinion about. Uh, and I, I, I know, Ross, uh, you have been hoping to see uh, some more fleshing out of uh, their cross-strait policies and their policies in general. Do you think that there's anything to that argument?
0: Uh, well, we, we generally know what, what everybody's policy issues are. We talk about maintaining status quo. When we get into more specifics, you know, do, do we want to move forward with the things that are, are have been proposed but not signed and executed like the trade and services agreement, trade and goods agreement, uh, increasing the number of plane flights, etc. cetera? Uh, how, how all those things that are kind of floating around get, get uh, handled in the aftermath of this meeting remains to be seen. Before this meeting was announced, I think we, we were all operating on the assumption that these various initiatives have come to a halt, right? They were not going to proceed any further in, in the short time that President Ma's government will still be in office. And then we didn't really know how, how quickly or with, with what kind of eagerness uh, a president's high, should she win, would, would take these things forward. And uh, you know, some of those dynamics might change after the meeting, um, but it would not change as, – as the other guests are saying, it's probably not going to change the election result. Um, So uh, there are a lot of potential policy initiatives to pursue, but uh, how each side will will play that still is is a big unknown.
4: I think it's all going to come down to the 1992 consensus, basically, and how the government here – obviously, they're going to talk about this. They're both going to – both she and Ma are going to say, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. We need to have it forever. But I think when, they, when he comes back from Singapore, if they put the talk of the 1992 consensus higher than other issues that were talked about, I think they could be shooting themselves in the foot. Well, you're saying it's throwing down a challenge to the same Basically, saying one? It basically, it basically it's, it's a slap in the face. It's going, you have to do this now. and Hang on a minute. No, they don't have to do that now. It could be a slap in the face for everyone that doesn't particularly like mining during the KMT.
0: It'd be a threat. China's agreed with it. It means it must be. Well again, that goes Which back to could, what we were saying it, earlier, that that part of the value for President Ma and Presidency of having the meeting now is to set up that structure. It's a structure for future talks. Future negotiations over things like trade agreements and for future uh, uh, presidential summits, and, and President Ma wants to put that structure in place.
4: And it, it will depend how the public see that. Will they take it as a slap in the face, and a, he's dictating how it should be, or will they take it as like, ah, oh, we're open to ideas?
0: Well, it, it's obviously so we're in a democracy, so it's important how the public reacts. But again, the key thing is going to be how to, how's pre- a future president is going to react.
1: And You guys are uh, stepping on the next subject that I wanted to bring up, actually, and uh, that is uh, kind of the last big question I wanted to throw at you guys is what will be the lasting effects on cross-strait relations of this summit? Uh, of, of course, uh, President Ma, as you guys have uh, hinted at a couple of times already, is saying, you know, he wants this to kind of foment a certain amount of momentum to keep these uh, cross-strait structures in place, keep these kind of dialogues going, regardless of... Uh, Who is going to be in power uh, in the next presidency? But others, uh, I know that the TSU, they've said that the way that this was put together, the way that the summit was put together was in kind of an ad hoc way. So they're saying, actually, uh, this is detrimental to having any kind of stable structure in place, just given the fact that there wasn't uh, as much consultation as they would have liked to have seen. Now, of course, uh, we know that uh, the TSU, is they were pretty primed to uh, criticize this thing from the get-go. Uh, so, uh, Ting, I'm going to throw this to you. What kind of potential impact would this have on the next presidency does this move uh taiwan more in the direction of having regularized ties with china
3: uh, so if history is any sort of guidance we know that every time a certain class of officials uh, meet with their counterparts across the strait that meeting has eventually turned into a regular commonplace occurrence uh for example when the first um you know straits uh, exchange foundation and the Arabs. um met, uh, that was a big deal. Now they meet regularly uh, to the point where they kind of don't matter, matter as much. Um, officials of all sorts of you know, provincial and local governments meet for the first time. Now they're, com- as, you know, they're commonplace to the point where we don't hear them on the news. Um, so my expectation is that uh, once this quote-unquote historic meeting happens, the expectation will be quite large for this to sort of become a common occurrence as well. So I think uh, if President Xi were to come back after next year and say, Well, you know, President Tai, your predecessor met with me, so I don't see why you wouldn't meet with me now. And I think there will be some pressure internationally to have, uh, to see
1: that meeting continue. And uh, Donovan, what do you see as the lasting impact here? I mean, the the international media certainly, whenever uh, high level talks happen between Taiwan and China occur, uh, they often uh, spin it as you know uh, another step towards uh, peace in the Taiwan Strait. Uh, but you know, the, as as we've been discussing all through this conversation, uh, there's a lot of things that kind of complicate that narrative. So, what do you think the lasting impact is going to be?
2: Well, I mean it, it, the meeting hasn 't happened yet, so I mean it's really kind of hard to say um, but I think Jiating nailed it in that it, I think fundamentally what this is what, what China and Ma are trying to accomplish here is to first of all consolidate all of the gains that they 've made so far and to set more precedents for a a further deepening of the relationship which is going to put what, whatever the next government is on the spot to live up to what's already been done, which means that the goalposts have been moved further in the direction of where China wants it to go. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, you know, until the, until the meeting is actually completed, we don't know how, where the goalposts have been moved from and to until, until the results are in.
4: That's true, because, because politicians trying to have legacies is always somewhat questionable. Where I come from, a chap called Tony Blair wanted a legacy once. That legacy
1: is now in the bottom of a toilet somewhere in North London. <clears throat> all right. I'm just going to bring in every uh, bit of nastiness into the show today, I guess.
2: Uh, all right. <laughs> I got all those kind of train-spotting images coming out of <laughs> out here now.
1: <laughs> okay, we're going to move those images, move away from those images. And uh, to the last bit of serious business that uh, we want to get to today, uh, we're going to switch up the format just a little bit since we have so many people on the phone today we're gonna have to uh, do a little thing that we call a lightning round here Uh, to keep things kind of moving at a clipping pace, give everybody a chance to chime in. Uh, And what we're going to do is we're just going to try to name some winners and losers now that we know that this summit is going to take place. Uh, So uh, the way that we're going to do this is I'm going to say a person or a a group of people, and I want all of you, uh, we're going to start with Ross, uh, to give us your take on uh, does this person benefit or does this person lose uh, from this news? So uh, let's just start with, uh, in, in, in broad terms, Let's just start with the the, the
0: most obvious one, KMT. Winner or loser in this? Uh, Party's still a loser, given their current electoral chances are pretty bad. Uh, Gavin?
1: It's win-win for everybody, of course. Okay, I'm noting a bit of uh, sarcasm, so we're going to move on. Sarcasm is not allowed in this segment. Uh, Donovan?
2: (laughs) I'm going to go with Gavin on this one.
1: (laughs) All right, already two fouls up on the board. Uh, Ting, uh, what do you see for the KMT? Winner or loser?
3: Oh, I definitely see loser in the Taiwanese political marketplace.
1: All right, let's bounce over to the other party. DPP, Ross. I'll say loser because they were caught off guard. Caught off guard, weren't prepared for it. Gavin,
4: they're cowering on the corner now. It's it's a win-win still.
1: <laughs> All right, two fouls for Gavin on the uh, sarcasm front. Donovan,
2: <laughs> I'm going to say they're going to be the winner, but the, but the winner and loser on this one. It's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated.
4: That's a, a win-win, lose-lose.
3: Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the Facebook status there is it's complicated. Uh, Ting, what about you?
3: Uh, I'm just going to put in the loser just to balance things out. But, uh, yeah.
1: So once again, caught off guard. Uh, let's bring this a little bit more international. Uh, Ross, China, I mean, seems like it's their idea, so they would hopefully consider themselves winners here.
0: Winner, because it shows uh, some, some bold foreign policy, or domestic, if you want to call it domestic, but some, some bold diplomacy by presidency. It, it only helps his image around the world. Gavin, winner?
4: Of course they'll win. It's China, They'll just move the goalposts to themselves.
0: All right.
1: <laughs> that is uh, three fouls up on the board. Uh, Donovan, China, winner? Loser. Loser, why is that?
2: I, I think that they, they, they're out of their depth and that they really don't understand what they're doing.
1: Uh, so you, you, you think that they don't quite understand the way that this is going to reverberate in uh, Taiwan more broadly? Right. Yeah. Ting, you agree with that?
3: Uh, I do. I, I want to say they consider themselves the winner um, because my take is that they want to basically bury this uh, Taiwan issue to give them room to do some sort of more regional, global maneuvers. But, you know, as Donovan said, they don't really understand how this is going to reverberate in Taiwan.
1: All right, let's change the order for this next one and uh, just do it the other way around. Ting, let's go to uh, Keep It International, go to the U.S., winner or loser?
3: Loser. Uh, they were definitely caught off guard, and uh, I don't think they have a response yet.
1: Donovan, what, what do you say to that?
2: Completely agree with you,
1: Another one caught off guard, Uh, Gavin.
3: America. What's it got to do with them?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you listen to their press releases, they're trying to make it sound like as little as possible. Yeah, the pre- Actually,
4: the press release is quite funny. They had this big stink here. About- was it was in the news that America supports the meeting. But if you read everything the State Department officials said, she didn't mention the actual meeting no, no, once. They didn't
1: say they support the meeting. They no, say no. they support in general productive things they, they, in cross ties. They
4: support. They support dialogue. But it was played here in the media It was like U.S. supports meeting. No, read the read the, <laughs> read the script. She didn't mention the meeting.
1: Okay, we're losing our lightning. We're losing our lightning. Uh, Ross, U.S., winner or loser? Loser. Uh, also caught off guard. Also caught off guard. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, so let's just uh, round out this uh, lightning round with one more. Uh, let's just focus on the interest group of the Taiwanese business community. It sounds like they've come out in favor of this. Uh, so, Ting, are they winners here?
3: Let me just go with loser. Um, I think everyone would sort of want to say they're winner, but I I do see this as sort of putting in a, a much bigger uncertainty in the cross rates relations. Um, I don't. I think business people, they don't necessarily want closer ties as much as they want stability and predictability. Right? So I think this creates some uncertainty in the
2: relationship. So I would say they're losers.
1: Uh, Donovan, you agree with that? Business people, losers?
2: Uh, I'd say winners. Uh, I think that uh, <laughs> what Jitin just said is that they want stability, and this is really all about... It. In keeping and and enforcing the status quo, so I I think that if if they succeed, both she and Ma, on furthering the stability of what they are trying to accomplish, then yeah, then, then then they would be winners.
0: Ross, you agree with that, winners? I think they're going to try their hardest to be winners in China because they'll they'll, they'll say to the people that uh, – the the government people that they deal with in China that what a wonderful thing this meeting was and how happy they are that that it took place. So China side, they're, they're, the business people are definitely winners because they'll be very supportive. Uh, how, how it turns out in Taiwan definitely remains to be seen.
1: All right. So we're just going to end things out. Uh, Gavin, I'm, I assume you have some snark, winner or loser?
4: Hey, to quote a politician – who's going to Singapore tomorrow, it's a win-win situation for both sides.
1: More of that win-win snark. but Perfect. I'm glad we ended it on that note. That's exactly where it needed to go. Uh, In lieu, you know, usually we end out this show with a a bonus story, some kind of funny story. Uh, We still want to keep things focused, uh, like a laser beam on uh, tomorrow's summit. Uh, But... This isn't exactly funny, but there are some questions that we do have about what exactly is going to be going on there. More specifically, what will be on the menu? Gavin, a lot of questions there, right?
4: Well, apparently there's going to be seven people on the Taiwan side. That's Ma and six members of a delegation. There's going to be seven members of China's delegation, and they're going to sit at the sides of the table, not at the head of the table. So they'll be sitting at both sides of the table, and no one will be sitting at the head of the table. So the question is, who passes the food around? If you've got no one at the head of the table, passing food can be a bit difficult. You ask them Koreans when they meet in Pyongyang every every so often. That's always a bit true. You never see them eating food there.
1: Well, and I guess maybe this doesn't apply to uh, etiquette in this part of the world, but uh, where I'm from, you you, you need the host to raise their spoon before you can even start eating. You do, you. And the host, of
4: course, is the island ballroom Mm -hmm. at the Shangri-La Hotel. Another plug for the Shangri-La. We call it the Shangri-La show, couldn't we, next? And I believe you've been there, Ross.
0: Yes, I have. And uh, given that this meal is taking place in Singapore, I think we should assume that uh, during this meal, the wonderful aroma of durian will permeate the atmosphere.
4: Ah, yes. And Hainan Jifun.
1: I'm sure that'll put uh, cross-strait dialogue on an even, smelly footing.
4: Ah, but it'll be a win-win situation for everyone.
1: Win-win. There you have it. That win-win wins the lightning round uh, that is the grand prize right there, meaning our show for today is over now that we have a win-win winner. Uh, but you can send us your thoughts on the week's major stories on the Facebook page or on our blog. You'll also be able to find this program online at the ICRT website and on iTunes. If you are listening through iTunes, please take a second to rate and review the show. It lets us know what you're thinking and helps other people discover the program. Signing off from the ICRT studio, I am Keith Manconi, joined by Gavin Phipps. Gavin. Good night and Win-win. Also, uh, winning and winning is Ross Feingold in studio. Thank you as well. Good night. And over the phone, we've got two more winners. Uh, we've got Chey Tignye of Media. Thank you. Thank you. And Donovan Smith, thank you as well.
2: And Have a great evening.
1: And thank you all for listening. See you again next time on Taiwan
2: This Week. Tune in again next Friday evening at 8.30 for another informative look at the top stories of the week with Taiwan This Week. And don't forget to also check out our podcast on our website, icrt.com.tw. Now keep it here for more music and news only on ICRT FM 100.